The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm a three-time, 20-year breast cancer survivor. Hi, and I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 22-year um, breast cancer survivor. We're the co-founders of Breast Friends, and we have a great program lined up for you today. We're focusing on some of the side effects of surgery, including lymphedema, and we'll talk about ways to deal with those kinds of issues. And our guest today is Mary Gramling. Mary is a physical therapist who specializes in treatments for cancer patients, and she is truly an amazing person. In fact, she was nominated for our annual Compassion Award, and we'll tell you about that in a minute. Welcome, Mary. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Well, we're so excited to have you. And just real quick, I just want to let people know, every year Breast Friends does the Survivor Luncheon in the fall, and we accept nominations from patients and members in the community um, to nominate Compassion Award people. These are people who kind of go above and beyond the norm for treatment and care of cancer patients. And Mary was one of our nominees, um, I think, was that two years ago, Mary, or was it it was in 14, I think, 2014. Yes. And well-deserved because people just speak so highly of you. <laughs> so so we're, we're really excited to have yeah. you on the show. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we like compassion. So, Mary, tell us about how you got into physical therapy, and then specifically, how did you get into treating cancer patients? Um, well, I was always interested in the healthcare field, both for people and for animals, actually, and explored oh, some wow. different careers. And um, I, I was attracted to physical therapy because of the coaching role. I really liked the idea of, you know, people come with a specific thing going on and you get to figure out how you can help them and really be part of the team and coaching them along and teaching them how to take care of themselves. So I, that's how I got into physical therapy. And one of my clinical rotations was working with a lymphedema therapist. I'd never heard of lymphedema before. But the people that I was working with, this was in Florida, they were just really grateful. They'd had swelling for a long time, and nobody knew what to do about it. And the lymphedema therapy was really working. So I thought, well, this is something that... I could do. It's kind of crafty. It's, um, you know, very rewarding. So I started working with lymphedema, and a lot of lymphedema in the United States is caused from cancer treatments. Mm-hmm. And so then I started learning more about cancer rehabilitation and been going an ongoing learning process from there. 
Well, you know, I was, when I went through my cancer journey the first time and I had all that lymph node stuff taken out under my armpit, my arm swelled so bad. So, I mean, I understand how painful this can be, but can you explain to our listeners what it is about that surgical procedure that causes lymphedema and what is the swelling from? Can you, can you explain that just so people can really get a good sense of what's going on? Yeah. And let me, I'm going to back up a little bit and give some background information about what is your lymph system. Okay. So basically, you eat food, your gut, your liver breaks it down into nutrients that your cells can use. And your heart is a really strong, forceful pump. So your heart is constantly pumping these nutrients out to all of the cells in your body. And at the capillary level, so your capillaries are your blood vessels between the arteries pushing blood out and the veins returning blood to your heart. Your capillaries are like tubes with holes in them. And your heart forces this, these nutrients out into your tissue. And in the, in the tissue, in what's called the interstitium, the space in between everything, you've got, you know, proteins and vitamins and water and cellular debris and bacteria and viruses, cancer cells, all kinds of stuff just sort of floating around. And it's stuff being pushed in, stuff's being sucked back out. And your lymph system goes everywhere that your blood vessels go. So all of your cells get blood supply and all of your cells get your lymph vessels draining this fluid off of them. Hmm. Your lymph vessels collect up this fluid. They bring it to your lymph nodes, which are like little filters. They filter out this fluid, and they're looking for things like bacteria, viruses, cancer cells, things that that would prompt an immune response. And then your white blood cells or your lymph nodes make white blood cells, and they start circulating to fight off whatever is going on. Hmm. And wow. So, We're complicated so, creatures, I think. We are. It's pretty <laughs> amazing how everything works. Wow. And so with cancer, the, the, your oncology team removes lymph nodes to check for cancer cells. Mm-hmm. The, your lymph system has a very specific route in which it drains. So that means that if you had a tumor in a specific body part, it's pretty predictable that if cancer cells break off of that tumor, they're going to show up in specific lymph node areas. Okay. So they take the lymph nodes out to check for cancer, and if they find cancer, then they'll recommend certain type of treatment, and if they don't find it, then they'll, you know, it helps them to tell you what kind of treatment would be most beneficial. Right. The challenge is once they take the lymph node out, your body doesn't have a way to make a new lymph node. You can make new lymph vessels, but you have fewer filters. And Mm. so the same amount of fluid is constantly circulating and needing to be drained. Um, But it's sort of like a traffic jam. Like if you're going through a section of toll booths and half of the toll booths were out of commission. That's a great analogy. Yeah, okay. And so the lymphedema means edema or swelling because your lymph system can't manage the amount of fluid that it needs to be able to manage. So, so we got a backup. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> so it just kind of sits there and pulls. Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so does it, the more lymph nodes you have removed, the bigger the crisis, or 
is can it be bad with just one? Um, it varies person to person. The reason is lymph anatomy varies a little bit person. To person. So with breast cancer, the average number of lymph nodes in your armpit is like 30, but some okay. people have you know, 60, and some people have 15. So when the surgeon says, I took 15, you don't really know if it's 15 out of 16 or 15 out of 60. Yeah, is Um, it all of them or half of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and scar tissue can also cause lymphedema problems because Um, maybe the lymph nodes are there, but there's scar tissue blocking your body from being able to get to the lymph nodes. Okay. Okay. So, in theory, you could get lymphedema from having one lymph node removed. Mm-hmm. But I've also worked with people who've had 28 lymph nodes removed and mm-hmm. never had lymphedema. Wow. You know, Mary, I had cancer on both sides. And the first time, um, they didn't do the sentinel node biopsy. So, they mm-hmm. took out 16 lymph nodes from under my arm. And that's the arm that got severely swollen, and it was so painful, and I had to go to physical therapy. I didn't know you then. I don't think you were probably even in the business because you're pretty young, (laughs) but but I did have to go to physical therapy to learn some techniques, and I know we're going to talk about those techniques later. But when I Mm -hmm. went through cancer the second time on the other side, they were able to do just the sentinel node biopsy, so it wasn't under the armpit. Now, they did take out 10 sentinel, sentinel nodes, which surprised me because I thought there was only one, but I guess it's like a wagon wheel and they can go all different directions. But um, I didn't have such a problem on my left side because they didn't take them out from under my arm. It was all just right around the tumor. Is that, is, is that normal or can you get lymphedema yep. even with that? It is possible. The sentinel lymph node procedure has made a huge difference with um, less lymphedema cases and less severe cases of lymphedema. That's um, great. With the, sometimes we see breast lymphedema um, with people who've had sentinel lymph node biopsies. And again, I think a lot of that has to do with scar tissue and especially if they have radiation as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but the sentinel lymph node procedure has a much, much lower risk of lymphedema. Can you explain the sentinel node process when they do the sentinel node biopsy? Can you explain how that works? Do you, yep. I don't know if that's yeah, something that so, you have in your repertoire, but I yep, think there's yep. a lot of confusion around it, and it's relatively new in the big cancer picture. But mm-hmm. um, So, yeah, if you don't mind, I, I think our listeners would like to hear what the difference is between the two. Right. So when you have a tumor, um, they put a dye in the tumor. It's a a visible dye, and it also has a radioactive tracer. And then they give it a little bit of time. So usually they'll do this, like, before or at the beginning of surgery. And then the so, – so your lymph system, because it's draining things, right, it's going to pick up that dye. Mm. And so the sentinel lymph nodes are the lymph nodes that pick up that dye first. So, so – they're using this dye to mimic what would happen if cancer cells were breaking off of the tumor, also known as metastasis. So if cancer cells were metastasizing from that tumor, they're going to show up in the sentinel, which just means like the first line mm-hmm. of lymph nodes. So they'll take the lymph nodes out that they're dyed blue, and, they, and then the surgeon also has a little probe 
that um, detects the basically radioactivity. So they make sure that they get, can get all of the lymph nodes that picked up that tracer. And they take them out and they send them to pathology while you're still in surgery. And the pathologist looks for cancer cells. That's just amazing. I love the way you explain things. You explain it in a very user-friendly kind of (laughs) way so we can all really understand it. So thank you for being so um, good at explaining. I love that. (laughs) My pleasure. So we know it, we know why it's painful because when you fill up your arm with with a fluid that you know felt it, my arm looked like a water balloon you know I mean it was mm-hmm. just so tight my fingers looked like sausages and couldn't lift my arm because it was so heavy so I know that that's where a lot of the pain comes from and we're going to talk about compression sleeves in a minute but um, Sharon I think you had a couple questions you wanted to ask her before we get there oh absolutely so so tell me how physical therapy can really help treat this kind of um, situation medically? Yeah, so typical lymphedema therapy, it's called decongestive therapy, and it's a combination of things. It's compression, so compression garments. There are lots of different types of compression. You know, you think of the, the sleeves that people wear. There's nighttime compression, there's Velcro compression, there's bandaging, um, there's pumps. So there's lots of different things that can be used as compression. Uh, Compression helps to push fluid out of the arm um, because it pushes more of the fluid into the capillaries. So instead of having to all go through the lymph system, more of it gets pushed through the veins to get out of the arm. Okay. And also, when you're moving, so if you have compression on and you're moving, a lot of studies are working, looking at um, exercise, weight training sorts of things with compression sleeves on. So when your muscles are contracting and relaxing, they're pumping a lot more fluid out because they have a they have something to push against. The compression gives them something oh, okay. to push against. Okay. Yeah. And then also, they just they make it harder. Swelling is all about pressure, like. How much pressure is pushing fluid out? How much pressure does it take to push the fluid back in and out? Um, so the compression garments also help to make it more difficult for the fluid to build up in the first place. Okay. Well, and it makes, I mean, that makes sense that it's going somewhere else because to me it seemed counterproductive since I've never luckily dealt with lymphedema myself. Um, it seems like how can, how can it go anywhere? <laughs> you would. You're making it, you know, difficult for it to go somewhere. But I guess mm-hmm. that makes sense, yeah. You know, I wore a compression sleeve for a little while before I went in for physical therapy, and I, I found it horribly uncomfortable. Is it, are they really worth doing? You know, I just, it was it was very painful for me. Maybe it was too tight or something, I don't know. But, you know, I see a lot of people wearing them, and I, is it is it worth it? Can you answer that? Well, because it it should be tolerable. So that's one of the benefits of there's, like, a lot of different products out there. And Mm -hmm. so part of what your therapist would do would be help you to find a type of garment that you can tolerate or figuring out a schedule or a routine with you. So maybe you can just plain old two hours and you just have to get it off. And so sort of teaching you a routine that you could use that, okay, at two hours I have to give myself a break 
that's when I'm going to, you know, take a rest break, elevate my arm, do a little bit of massage, um, you know, kind of plan it so that it's tolerable to you, but you also have a routine that's effective. Mm. And a lot of it is trial and error. You know, you have to try the sleeve to know how how you deal with it, what you like, what you don't like. Mm. Um, that... <laughs> That makes sense. And and I know, like, some people who maybe don't wear a sleeve on a regular basis um, find them helpful uh, during, like, airplane travel. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah, is so, that what you've... So, yeah. Because airplane travel can be... I get a lot of questions about that. And, you know, it's basically like, do airplanes cause lymphedema? And... If you were to get swelling because of traveling on the plane, it's basically your lymph system was really struggling, and that was that one extra stress that caused the swelling to become apparent to you. And so a lot of people will use the compression sleeves prophylactically to prevent swelling, basically like you wear support hose. It's just really to support your circulation. Okay. Okay. To try to prevent a problem from ah, happening. That makes sense. That makes sense. Or I recommend if people have had episodes of swelling before, even if it's not something that they're dealing with on a regular basis, mm-hmm. to wear the, the compression, again, like a support device to, you know, you're, you're going through this activity that's a little bit more stressful for your circulation, so to be proactive about it. And then the bonus is if they were, say you're going on a trip and you did have a little bit of swelling because of the plane travel, you've already got a sleeve with you that you know fits, you're used to wearing it, and so it's yeah, just a much a good better, idea. you have more control over the situation. Yeah, rather than wait till you're swollen and then you can't even get the sleeve on because you, your arm is so, you know, so swollen. We only have about 30 seconds left in this segment, and then we're going to carry this into the next one. Um, <clears throat> so I know one of the things we do want to talk about is manual lymph drainage, but we don't have time before the segment, so let's hold on to that. Um, but just real quick, um, how do you care for lymph? Well, actually, you know what? We're just going to go out to break. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll come back so we don't feel like we have to rush through this because this is really, really good information. So we want to encourage our callers, if you have any questions for Mary or for us or just want to share your lymphedema story or other um, issues, please give us a call at 866-472-5792 and we'll be back in just a couple minutes. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. 
be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about the post-surgical side effects with our guest, um, Mary Gramling. She's a physical therapist. Thank you, Mary, for staying with us. Um, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about kind of the, we were talking about right before the break about kind of preventative things because I've heard a few horror stories about, you know, um, a lymphedema, you know, maybe you haven't had it for years and all of a sudden you get it. Um, so what are the, some of the preventions that we can, we can do? Yeah, so basic, like we were talking about before with the anatomy, you know, your lymph system was what drains fluid. And so... To avoid lymphedema or to avoid worsening a condition that you have, anything you can do to avoid inflammation will be helpful. And injuries are a good example of that. So if you get a scratch, your body is going to send a lot of uh, extra resources to the area to try to heal whatever the injury was, and that brings more fluid. And that means more work for your lymph system to have to deal with later. Is oh, that why oh. the doctors always want to ask you which arm to take the blood pressure? Because they don't want to put pressure on your lymphedema side? Is that, is that yeah. or so, take injections so, right. or whatever? Right. Typic- I mean, typically when you get your blood pressure measured, it's not causing that much damage. But sometimes, you know, you have to check it a couple of times. The pressure gets really high. It could burst a couple of capillaries, oh. and it's just extra stress. Yeah. Same thing with injections and blood draws. It's just extra stress to the area that makes more work for your lymph system. Okay, wow. that makes sense. And so anything we can do to kind of reduce that stress is what we're really trying to do then. Right, and so a good okay. exercise plug is a lot of people avoid exercise because they don't want to stress their lymph system. But the stronger and more flexible your body is, the less susceptible you are to injuries. So that's actually a good reason to be strong and flexible, um, to train for activities, to just, you know, have your body working as best as possible. Wow, so now I have to exercise my body and my lymph nodes. (laughs) I'm having trouble with the body part, but whatever. (laughs) 
<laughs> bonus is if you exercise your body, your lymph nodes get an automatic workout. Oh, good. So oh, that's, like a, that's a pass. Okay. We have that's a caller a on the line with us right now. We've got Yvonne calling. So let's bring Yvonne on. Hi, Yvonne. How are you doing? Hi, ladies. Hi. Oh, Hi. Hi, Mary. I, Hi. I have to, to confess that uh, I have known Mary for five years. She is my, my physical therapist, and I nice. will say on the air here in front of God and everyone that she is an absolute angel and has kept me uh, on my toes all these years. So thank you for all you do, Mary. You're amazing. Well, that explains <laughs> the you. compassion award, doesn't it? That's yeah. you know, what we look for. <laughs> well, so Yvonne, you had fact, a question or a concern. Can you share with us what's going on with you? Yeah, I sure can. As a matter of fact, I just had a situation that I went through about two weeks ago that is is really a serious side effect of the, the whole lymphedema puzzle. Um, and just to kind of give a quick overview of what happened, I have been very mild lymphedema over the years, nothing serious, a little bit as Mary calls congestion in my arm. Occasionally my arm will swell um, just because of stress or illness or any of those things that she's already talked about. But really I've been very well managed. And uh, two weeks ago I got up in the morning and I was combing my hair and I noticed that in my area where I do have some swelling, which was more predominant at that time, I had these red blotches all over my arm going down into my armpit. They didn't itch. They didn't hurt. They just looked rather angry. And, you know, being a woman, I just kind of looked at it and went, oh, well, it's not broken or cut off, so it must not be anything too serious. (laughs) So I went to work. And as the day progressed, I noticed that it was getting a little bit more symptomatic. When I got home, I showed my husband, and the blotches had all kind of formed together and were making a very distinct line around a very red area that, as the evening went on, became hot. Yeah, you know, this is the kind of thing that you look at and you just kind of scratch your head and go, okay, is this serious? Is this not serious? And, of course, again, being a woman, I sort of went, all right, let's just give it till tomorrow morning, and if it isn't any worse, (laughs) then we'll do something about it. So I went to bed. Well, in the middle of the night, I woke up, and I had a terrible temperature, and I had chills so bad that I was having tremors going through my body. And it was so scary, and it was it was worse than anything I'd ever experienced, even when I've had the flu. Um, very scary, very, uh, very, uh, you know, you just don't know what's going on, and I had gone into the bathroom, and my arm was hot, and it was definitely very red, so, you know, of course, you know, going back to bed, getting up a little while later, we looked at it and decided that that was time to go have it taken a look at. You think? Well, yeah, I know. You know, and this is me saying out loud, duh, uh, should have responded a lot earlier. But again, we are women, and we sometimes we tend to put things on the back burner and say, well, if it gets worse or if it falls off, then maybe I'll get serious. But Yeah, my leg is broken, so, but maybe it'll heal itself oh by morning. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, and right. so we got into the doctor who instantaneously looked at my arm and said, oh, you have cellulitis. Now, that's a name I had never heard of, and I know Mary's going to share what that is, so I won't go into great detail, but I will tell you that the scary part of this process was the doctor 
looked at both my husband and I and said, all right, I'm going to give you a very strong shot, and I'm also going to put you on very strong antibiotics, and I am going to send you home. But if in 48 hours your arm has not improved, and he drew a blue line around where this infection went from my elbow into my armpit, so it's a large area on my arm uh, encompassing both the top, the bottom, the side, and he drew all around that. I had a lovely map of Yvonne going on. And he um, said, if it moves outside of this area, if it gets worse, if it spreads in any capacity, you are in the emergency room. And he stressed it to the point of in the doctor's note he sent me home with, he capitalized and red highlighted, you will go to the emergency room if this is not improved dramatically in 48 hours. So, you know, you, you kind of stand there and go, okay, this is really serious. And, you know, thank, thank the good Lord. I went home, responded very well to the antibiotics. It did take two days of concentrated effort on my part, taking the antibiotics, just being very cautious with my arm, but it did turn the corner and I am doing fine now. And I did just see Mary uh, a couple days ago and she gave me some wonderful information about cellulitis that I would love to now throw back to her and say that she can kind of share that so everybody else will be aware of what this is and to be prepared if it happens. Great. Well, thank you so much for calling and talking about that. You're welcome to stay on the line with us. But yeah, let's let's talk from the expert's perspective. What what exactly is cellulitis then, Mary? Yeah, what happened to her? So, cellulitis is the most serious thing that can happen with lymphedema, and basically the swelling that you're seeing uh, with lymphedema, it's in that space under the skin, you know, in between, like above your muscles, but below your skin. And it's real protein rich. It's, it's a great environment for bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's an easy place to get a serious infection. And then what we talked about before, you know, your lymph system collects up the fluid. If it detects something, it makes white blood cells. So, in an area with lymphedema, this process is slowed down, so it takes longer for your body to recognize that there's an infection, and it takes longer to get the white blood cells to the infection to take care of it. And in mm. the meantime, it can spread really quickly. Wow. Um, so another reason to avoid injuries, you know, cuts and scrapes and things like that, can allow bacteria to get into the area and yeah, I was going to add in there to, to what Mary's saying. I couldn't figure out why I got this. And when I went and saw my primary care, I had a tiny hangnail on my finger. Oh I mean, my. it was a normal hangnail. It wasn't anything. It was a little bit red around the area. And she quickly looked at my arm and assessed and said, that's the point of entry where the bacteria got in. Oh, my wow. gosh. A hangnail? Isn't that amazing? Hmm. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Of course. I, you know, I actually had worked with a gal um, several years ago who had never had any lymphedema issues, and she was out gardening. She had garden gloves on, and she got poked with a rosebush thorn and ended up having lymphedema after that. So how does that work, Mary? It basically, it was... You know, her lymph system was kind of struggling to keep up, and then it was just that one thing that caused enough, 
You know, a a small infection caused enough stress to the lymph system in that area that it it wasn't able to recover. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. That that's so we, I mean, we're such fragile beings, I tell you. You know, it's amazing how everything clicks along just fine, but one little weird thing happens, and wow, mm-hmm. it can really set us back. Wow. And Mary did share with me something that I, you know, in talking about what led up to this situation, I had been extremely tired. Uh, I had been working more than my usual shift, and I had noticed, um, you know, just a little bit of extra fatigue. I had seen a little bit of extra swelling in my arm, and, you know, just my basic health at that point, I was a little run down. So it wasn't like I had a hangnail and that caused that to happen. It was like she said. It was kind of a perfect storm. I had Mm -hmm. set myself up to be a little bit more vulnerable, and then I introduced somehow some type of bacteria that just kind of settled in and took roots. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And and the way you describe that, Mary, makes sense because, again, it's, you know, she's probably been struggling a little bit or her lymph system has been struggling a little bit, and then all of a sudden, boom, something takes over like that. Oof. Yep, one too many challenges. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So, Mary, can I ask a question? How, is lymphedema something that can last for the rest of your life, or do most people find that it goes away after a time? What, what's the story on that? Well, if you have a risk of lymphedema, it's a lifelong risk, which means that it could show up at any point. It's basically how well does how well does your lymph system heal after the surgery okay. and and how well can it manage with those fewer lymph nodes present. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people and there is some newer research out just within the last few years that Lymphedema that shows up within the first year of surgery, if people are, get on a real, I would say strict, um, lymphedema treatment, they're wearing compression, they're doing the massage and exercises to really support their lymph system, um, that can prevent chronic lymphedema, which means for you know practical purposes, it's like, you don't have to deal with lymphedema long term. So it can be uh, if you if you notice it really early and you treat mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have to become a chronic problem. Chronic. That makes some sense. People, yeah. yeah. So let's talk have, about drainage. You know, you, you mentioned. Oh. <laughs> Girls, I'm going to jump off the line in case there's okay. anybody else that would okay. like to call in. But okay. I, I just want to say, you know, again, thank you, Mary, for all that you do for me. And if there's anyone out there, uh, I'll do a blatant plug for her that's looking for someone <laughs> to really help them on this journey with lymphedema. You're just not going to find a, a, a better angel out there. So bless you, my dear. And ladies, <laughs> continue you. the great work. Talk to you all later. Thanks, Yvonne. Thanks, Bye-bye. Yvonne. So, Mary, let's talk about manual drainage. You mentioned that that's one of the preventative things, and that's what I, you know, when I went to my physical therapist back in 96, that's what she worked with me on, and and it is effective. And when I start to feel a little bit of a swelling, I keep hoping it's going to just stop someday. I do, yeah, I do what she taught me. Can you kind of give a, I know it's hard to do it without demonstrating it, but can you (laughs) give some kind of a description of what that means and maybe how much pressure to apply and that sort of thing? So manual lymph drainage is, um, most people think of it as massage. As far as massage techniques go, it's a light massage. 
And what you're doing is you're using the anatomy of the lymph system to push extra fluid into different regions of the body. So, for example, your body really, your lymph system is divided into different quadrants. So if you had lymph nodes taken out of your right armpit, that's where the lymphedema could appear in your right arm or breast. And okay. so the the lymph massage, the manual lymph drainage, is is stimulating lymph nodes in other parts of your body and pushing that fluid into areas where the lymph nodes haven't been impacted. So you're rerouting some of this fluid into other areas. Mm. And then also your health... So Certain areas will be more stagnant, meaning that, like, you look at your arm and it's like there's a couple of spots that are really the problem areas. And so you can use the manual lymph drainage to move that swelling out of the problem areas and kind of, you know, keep it moving right along to another area that's going to be better able to get rid of the fluid. So are you literally, like, retraining your body to know where to go? There is some of that that happens. So as with repetition and consistency, so if you're, if you're um, pushing fluid, say, from your right armpit down to your right groin real consistently, your body will form some vessels that um, are, are rerouting some of the fluid by itself. So you are training your body, like, here's a different route that that fluid can take. And... Uh, for some people, it makes a huge difference. For some people, that route has to constantly be um, worked on. Oh, that makes sense. That you makes know, we, sense. Ha- we have about a minute left to the next break. So, And when we get into the next segment, we're going to talk about some of the scar tissue and effects that, like the, the stuff that happens in your chest after you've had radiation where it requires some kind of massage release or something. We're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But, Mary, just real quickly, why do you need a a specialist to do the, the, this process rather than just go to the massage studio down the street? Yeah. Tell us the, the difference. The main thing is to know where to push fluid. So it's important that the therapist knows where you had lymph nodes taken out, what kinds of procedures you've had, so that they can, instead of pushing more fluid towards an already congested area, they're uh, actually able to push the fluid out of the area. So it's sense. basically knowing the anatomy, knowing what you specifically have had, and then using that knowledge. Okay. So, so if you go to a regular massage therapist, if they're not trained in, in lymphatic drainage, they probably aren't going to be able to help you as effectively in this particular area. I mean, they can do a lot of other great things for you, but, but for this particular thing, it's best to go to a specialist, right? Right. It's best to go to someone who has some training and background knowledge about it. That makes sense. Well, we are going to take a break. So, um, again, if you would like to give us a call, our number is 866-472-5792. We invite you to call and talk with Mary or share your story with us. But we'll be back in just a, a couple of minutes. Thanks again for listening. to a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. 
please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Ouch! What do you think of when you think of dental procedures? Well, when you think about it, the teeth and the rest of the body are strongly connected. What happens in one part affects the other. In the Tooth Body Connection with host Dr. Don Ewing, we'll explain more about these concepts as well as discuss the role that your teeth play in your overall health. You'll learn about amalgams and how removing them the wrong way can be toxic to your body. Tune in Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Thanks again for listening. Uh, We're back uh, with Mary Gramling. She's a physical therapist, and she's been talking all about how um, lymphedema can cause us problems and how we can take care of those problems and hopefully even uh, make it so they're not a chronic problem going forward. So, Becky, you had a story you wanted to talk about, shifting gears just a little bit. um, Yeah, this is really kind of a, it's off the lymphedema subject, but it is still very much related to post-surgical issues. Um, When I had my lumpectomy back in 1996 and I had radiation, I developed a situation in my my right breast where, you know, I would just cramp up as, it was almost like my lung was trying to give birth or something. It just, it would get so tight and it was so painful. It would take my breath away. I mean, I'd be talking and all of a sudden I have to stop. And then on my left side, when I had um, radiation again, several years later, it was about eight years later, I had this, started having the same problem there. And now it just kind of takes turns one side or the other. We'll just really ramp up tight and it's, it's so painful. And I'm not sure how to fix that, but I'll bet you Mary has a clue. <laughs> so Mary, can you speak to that issue? Yes, I would say that's one of the most common complaints. People will describe like they have a really tight bra on that they can't take off. And Mm. it has to do with scar tissue. Um, It can happen from surgery, usually with mastectomies or reconstructive surgery, and definitely with radiation treatment. And it's basically scar tissue is not as elastic 
as your normal connective tissue. So normally you have fascia, connective tissue all around your muscles, holding your ribs together, just holding everything together. Mm. And if it becomes less elastic from surgery or from radiation, it makes it a lot harder to, you know, expand your rib cage, to stretch your muscles, to move your joints. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. So what do we do about it? Um, <laughs> so, um there's, a, there's some techniques out there. Uh, myofascial release is a real common technique. A lot of massage therapists and physical therapists and chiropractors will do this type of technique. And it's basically using pressure to break up some of that connective tissue that's stuck. So breaking it up mm. so that it becomes more flexible. Um, I use a technique called Graston, which are these tools. They are used in sports medicine a lot. Um, it's another way. I use them a little bit differently than the sports therapists do, gentler. Um, but it's a way to break up the scar tissue and the connective tissue. Oh, it's that's very, very interesting. Helpful. It's very helpful if you are working with a therapist or practitioner who is also familiar with the lymph system because as you're breaking things up, you're creating inflammation. So if you have lymphedema or if you have a lymph system that's at risk for lymphedema, you want to work in some of the manual lymph drainage along with the myofascial release so mm. that you're, you're breaking stuff up, but then you're flushing it out of the area. So you're preventing creating swelling issues from breaking things up. Mm. But Interesting. But tissue... Feels a lot. A lot of people come in with pain problems. Sometimes it's from stretching. It feels like a tightness, but sometimes it's a deeper sort of a pain that they're not associating with movement. But mm-hmm. loosening up the scar tissue makes a big difference. It feels a lot better. It's a lot easier to move. So what triggers like, the actual? <laughs> what what <laughs> triggers the spasms that you get? I mean, I know sometimes when I'm stressed about something, if a subject comes up and it kind of puts some, now maybe this is just me, but um, sometimes when I feel stressed over a situation or an issue, I'll feel a tightening right then. So is it, do we trigger it to happen? Because it's not, it's not 100%. I mean, I can go days without having an episode and then I can have a day with 15 episodes. And I don't know what I'm, if I'm triggering it somehow. Around your rib cage? Yes. Yeah, and yeah. just right, feels like my lungs, so... So, yeah, if you can share what that is, that'd be great. It probably has to do with, um, you know, the more tension you have in your muscles. So if if you, you know, maybe you didn't sleep well and there's a couple of stressful things that have been going on for a little while, kind of like with Yvonne, that perfect storm of situations, um, the muscles around your rib cage have scar tissue around them. And Mm. so it's a little bit, because of the radiation it's a little bit more difficult for those muscles to get good blood flow. And mm-hmm. so if you're, if you're holding a lot of tension in them from stress, or even if it's you've done a certain activity that's using those muscles more, the muscle spasm can happen because good blood flow is not able to get in as easily and waste products aren't able to get out as easily because wow. you could imagine that that muscle is kind of wrapped in a bit more scar tissue than it w- would like to be. 
So does your technique that you mentioned, it was it grafting? Is that what you called it? Yes, and my so, fascial release. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are you? Is that pretty successful? I, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, when can I come see you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just that's what I was going to say. So I think Mary, I think you have a new yeah, uh, new patient here. Yeah, you very well may actually. <laughs> yeah, but so tell it me, is, do, does that work? Successful, and everybody's different. Some people just need sure. a session or two. Um, some people need it at you know I'll see them a couple times a week, and then start spacing it out. Maybe I'm only seeing them once or twice a month, you know, kind of space it out so that you're loosening it up. And then, of course, I mentioned exercise before. It's important to use your body like stretches and different types of movements to uh, build up good blood flow. And once you release the scar tissue, your movements make a big difference about how long the effects will last. Well, right. that settles it. I'm going to make an appointment with you, Mary. And I know to one of the other side effects is range of motion just in general from, you know, mastectomy or lumpectomy. Sometimes that can affect how much you can move your arms. Is that all for the same reason? Is it all just Very pulling similar, together? Yes. I saw when I was in school, I saw a picture of there was a guy standing with his arm at his side and they drew a grid on his chest with marker and then they had him raise his arm up over his head and it showed you how much the grid distorted, how much your really? skin has to stretch in that area to get your arm up overhead. You need a lot of flexibility in, the, in your skin and your connective tissue, like in your armpit and your chest, to have your arm up overhead. And wow. so the surgery and the radiation, um, you know, tightens that up. So it's really important to loosen up the scar tissues to have normal range of motion so that your shoulder can function properly and mm. you're not setting your shoulder up for other sorts of injuries because of being inflexible. Right. Interesting. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, so talk about it... insurance. Oh, <laughs> Sharon and I are on the same wavelength. <laughs> Go for it, Sharon. Well, I was just yeah. curious. Is all this covered by insurance? Um, yeah, physical therapy is pretty well covered by insurance um, for most people. And, yeah, uh, I don't know if you have specific questions about insurance. I haven't run into any problems as far as, um, for the most part, if people come in with this problem, I do an evaluation and I say, this is what's going on, this is the plan, and most insurances don't have a problem with it. Some insurances have very specific limits about you only get X number of visits per year or you only get X number of dollars. And so there's some particulars plan to plan. Um, But in in general, physical therapy is pretty well covered by insurance um, and lymphedema treatment and also um, the... The pain and movement problems associated with the scar tissue are pretty well covered. Okay, good. well that's good. Yeah. I want. I was so curious about that because, like Becky, hasn't you know gone in for this sort of thing, even though she's a twenty-year survivor, and <laughs> you know, there's, how long? <laughs> it might be. Time. I'm stubborn, right? It might be one of those things where if it gets better tomorrow, I won't worry about it. <laughs> it's been a few years now, so probably time. I know. Probably I know. time. Yeah. Well, we really, really appreciate being able to talk to you about all this, and again in a way that is very understandable for all of us, which is great. So are there any 
parting thoughts that you have, Mary, to kind of make sure that people are really taking care of themselves and not having a chronic um, lymphedema problem in the future? Yeah, movement is really important. Um, and so I, my soapbox is find something you like to do that just happens to involve a little bit of movement and, you know, take good care of your body. You don't have to go to a gym. You don't have to follow any specific routine. If, it, if it's something you like to do, you're going to be a lot more successful at it. So. Yeah, isn't that the isn't that the truth? So, yeah, Mary, we can, you can get back to partner dancing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, honey, okay. we're not dancing. I'm just moving my lymph nodes and my muscles around. <laughs> so that exercise thing. So, Mary, we only have a couple minutes left, but we'd really like to have you give a little plug for your um, for your facility. What's the name of your? It's new newly physical therapy. Why don't you talk newly. a little bit about what else you do? Because we might have people, and she is in Portland, and I know this is an international program, so she is in Portland, Oregon. But we have a lot of listeners right here in Portland too. So, Mary, go ahead and give yourself that shameless plug because we're happy to have <laughs> you do it. Thanks. So it's New Leaf Physical and Massage Therapy. We have physical therapists and massage therapists. And really our passion is it doesn't it's not a it doesn't look like a medical clinic. So you can come in, you can get your treatment. It feels more like you're going to a massage therapy appointment because it's not just about your body. It's important about relaxation, stress management, wellness. These are all very important parts of the healing process. Absolutely. Um, so that's what you can expect when you come to New Leaf. And then right. I think there's a Starbucks right around the corner, so when you're all done, you can go sip and have your Starbucks. <laughs> you're in a really nice area, I know. Yeah, um, I, I think Mary would probably... Get a uh, shopping done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Trader Joe's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. like Trader Joe's, too. So, Mary well, Mary... probably suggest some water. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's probably better. <laughs> So, well, Mary, thank you again so much for being on the show with us. We really, really appreciated you taking the time. And I know you had to move some patients around and, and, you know, and I hope that they are very forgiving of you for doing that. I'm sure they will be, Um, but we really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, you are so, so welcome. So, um, so Mary, we're going to let you go and Sharon and I are going to kind of just wrap up some last minute thoughts here before we move on. But, um, I am going to be calling your, your, your clinic because I do want to make an appointment and I think that you're going to be able to help me tremendously and it'll be something I've been dealing with for too many years. (laughs) So, (laughs) so thank you very much. All right. Well, for everybody listening, um, you know, this is a pretty serious subject as you heard. Lymphedema, it might not sound like much, just, you know, some swell. But boy, if it gets infected, like what happened to Yvonne with cellulitis, don't mess around with it. You need to get it, you know, looked at. And according to Mary, there are some techniques and things that we can do, you know, to make it much better and much easier for you. So we really want to thank you for listening in. Um, If you have people you'd like to have listened to this message, you can go to our host page at voiceamerica.com and all of our archives are there. Just do a search for Breast Friends. And you'll find our, our archives. So in the meantime, we just want to thank you for listening, encourage you to tune in again next week, and then just remember there is always hope, and we're here to help you find it.
Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hennepin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.